painfully. Luke was a no-nonsense kind of man, and she suspected he didn't appropriately appreciate her work clothes. Today, her chef's pants and matching apron were black, printed with multicolored jelly beans. The black chef's clogs were ugly, but they just made sense for anyone who had to stand on a concrete floor. What was she supposed to wear, stilettos? I don't want any espresso, he said, like he was surprised, though she couldn't fathom why. He never bought anything else. He was probably afraid there were peanuts lurking in all the candy. I want to talk to you for a minute. I have just a minute. I'm on my way to book club. She stepped aside and allowed him to enter. Luke Avery's eyes preceded him into the room. Big heartbreak eyes the color of Windex, accented by dark circles and black lashes that Laney couldn't have achieved with an extension job and a triple dose of mascara. Those eyes hadn't been built for sadness, but they had learned it well. His mouth looked sad too, and it was a shame. Full lips like his ought to be smiling. Even his high cheekbones and the smooth, pronounced planes of his face looked sad, probably because he could use ten pounds. A good cut had coaxed his dark, thick hair into smooth, neat layers, but it looked like it would curl when it was wet. His hair might be the only thing about him that wasn't sad. What can I do for you, Luke? Laney crossed her arms and leaned on the wall. I suppose you've heard the governor appointed me to judge Gilliam's seat. Of course she'd heard it. This was merit. Everybody had heard. At 32, he was now the youngest circuit judge in the state. After Judge Coleman Gilliam had dropped dead on the golf course, everyone had said Luke got the appointment because his father, the state senator, was tight with the governor and because people felt sorry for him at being a widower with such a young child. Congratulations, Laney said. Are you here to alert me to start calling you Judge Avery? Of course not. Don't look so offended. I was joking, sort of. I'm not offended. He closed his eyes and opened them again, as if he was signaling that he was closing one subject and moving on to the next. I've been living with my parents on their farm right outside town. I know. I drove you there that time I nearly killed you, remember? He frowned some more. Now that I'm on the bench, I need to live nearer to the courthouse. Besides, my little girl just turned three and started nursery school in town. I think we need to move. You have my blessing and permission to move to town. He rolled his eyes, those big blue eyes. I hear you have an apartment for rent. Laney uncrossed her arms and straightened up. That got her attention. Indeed, the apartment upstairs, across the hall from her own, was empty, and she needed to rent it. Business had been good, but she'd gotten carried away and spent too much on too many upscale renovations to the shop and the apartments. The rent she needed to charge was unheard of for an apartment in a town the size of Merritt and she needed that rent to hire some staff. Catherine, the shop manager, and Allison, internet sales manager, were hard workers. But if they were stretched thin, Laney was practically transparent. She wanted, needed, to hire someone to help with the internet sales and open the shop earlier so the coffee bar she'd installed could live up to its potential. When she'd bought the thing, she'd fanaticized about chatting with the good people of Merritt in the early morning hours while she made them lattes and sold them muffins. She thought it would be fun, but had never found out. Unfortunately, or 
Fortunately, to keep up with the candy making, she found herself in the industrial kitchen earlier every morning and later every night. Still, her good business sense wouldn't allow her to hire a new person until she rented that apartment. Luke might be just the person to pay what she was asking. Everybody knew Luke Avery was a trust fund baby and the widower of a real estate heiress. Everybody also knew the story of how Carrie Avery had wrapped her Mercedes SUV around a telephone pole, and how Luke's best friend had been with her. Some claimed the two of them were cheating on Luke. Others said Carrie was just driving Jake Hampton to the airport. Either way, the story would never have made it from Mobile to Merritt if Luke's father hadn't been a state senator, and Jake hadn't been a linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. You want an apartment? She would have figured he'd want a house in the historical district or out by the country club.